tonight, how are we all doing? How are we all doing? We all good? I'm still buzzing from last week and, uh, and this morning. Uh, it's like my spirit at the moment is just salivating over, uh, over the things that God is revealing. It's, um, I just, you know, just want to honour um, honor the speakers, but I want to honour you guys as well for stepping up and coming expectant and prepared for Holy Spirit to move. And the more that we come expecting to lay down before Him, the more I believe that we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see breakthrough in this house. And uh, in discovering the deeper secrets, as well as the, um, you know, the in-your-face scriptures, you know, because some things are easier uh, to, to, to grasp and to understand in His Word than others, as we contend, as we get into those things, um, I believe uh, what you are going to be doing from the revelations that you're receiving will start to show the transformational power of Christ in you, which in turn will project a God that the lost world is hungry to see. Amen? It inspires a new generation and the ones above. So, you know, we're all in this together. It's all our purpose to be walking this. You know, you guys and you, you guys and fight. You can be inspiring us as the older generation, as the older generation brings wisdom and inspiration as well from what they've, uh, what they've learned, what, they've, what they're coming into. If you don't feel like you're in that place tonight, then I pray, I pray earnestly that by the end of tonight, you'll be more hungry to do so. That the choice you make will be to jump into his arms, into his presence and his purpose for your life. Let's just pray, shall we? Father God, I thank you. I thank you in this whole area of trust, Lord, that you have downloaded into me a heart which is supple and moldable, Lord, due to the revelation of what it is to trust you. I thank you for that personal revelation, Lord. But I pray, God, I don't want to just preach tonight, Lord. I don't want to just speak tonight off my personal revelation. I want to speak of the revelation which is in your word. Lord God, that your word, which has uh, so many different elements to it, uh, defining your character, defining who you are, defining who you want to be in our lives when we come into that intimacy with you. I pray that that word, the revelation of the word, will come forth with strength and power tonight. Lord, I pray that I may bring your message, your word, with clarity, with freshness, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your people will take this word, Lord, will seek the scriptures, will seek it earnestly, will come tonight, Lord, with eagerness to hear from you, Holy God. I thank you for who you are and for what you want to say. Amen. Wow, indeed. <laughs> Tonight I wanted to speak on developing the purpose of knowing Him through this one element that I want to cover, which is in trust. God has been doing a huge work in my life uh, over these last few months on this whole area of trust um, with this constant question which God is asking me, do you trust me? Do you trust me, Simon? Do you trust me? I believe it's a word in season for this house as well. I believe that God would say, do you trust me that the plans that I have for you as a body are the right ways that I want to build my church? 
Do you trust me that although you may not see the whole picture now, I want to reveal to you daily what your inheritance is as my child and a believer in me? Do you trust me that although you're going through these circumstances, whatever they may be, I'm building within you a character of perseverance and of faith that has a hope and believes for things unseen? You see, I've come to realize that if I can't trust in Christ, if I can't trust in what he says he can do in my life, to be my all, my provider, my comforter, my refuge, then I don't truly know him. I don't truly know him. I haven't got it all down pat, as Greg would like to say. But this isn't a place to condemn me. If that becomes a revelation of of my situation, I'm not to go, oh, woe is me, I can't get it right, so... I might as well not bother. No, it's supposed to convict me. It's supposed to propel me into his arms and receive what he is saying through his word, through worship, through song, through nature, through art, whatever it is that gets you into that place and enables you to hear from God. You know, my life group and I are going through um, this whole area of intimacy at the moment. We're discovering what it is to be intimate with the Father and knowing Him by doing a mini-series on, uh, on worship. Um, and as we know, worship is a lifestyle. It's not just in music. And uh, I know that they're going to start to get really annoyed with me soon because in those times uh, of closeness when, we, uh, when we, we come together intimately, when we're, we're worshiping God and there's a space of just pure engagement, I just bring out the question... What is God saying to you about the way he feels about you? Or what is God wanting to reveal to you? Two such huge questions. And I tell you, nine times out of ten, God speaks incredibly through them. Because we're developing this intimacy to hear from him. To have the ears to just sit in his presence and just hear what the Father has to say. And he's just dying for us. He's dying for us all to ask him those questions. He's dying for, for us to, to, to just, just say it. Just say it. And he wants to reveal. He wants to reveal so much. Reveal so much of him in each of us. It's like he says, I want, I want you to trust me. I want you to, to let me to show you how much I love you. And we've seen some amazing breakthroughs. We've had people who who have got um, you know, issues of fear. And God comes and says, I am more than enough for you. We have people who have come saying that there's been things of the past which I haven't been able to deal with. But in coming into intimacy with God, in, in dealing to that, I'm in complete freedom because he says, I've got a way forward for you. And there's this opportunity just to, to sit and say, do you trust me? So tonight I want to talk about and develop uh, this, this understanding and implication of, of our sanctification process through our trusting in him. And uh, do you trust me as a little uh, Indiana Jones uh, stepping out there to, uh, to get us started? My journey of sanctification has probably, I don't know, only been a process that I've been going on over about the last year or so. And I've been a Christian now for over 16 years. And uh, I wonder what my walk with God would have been like if I had been introduced to what God has revealed to me in this recent time, in this recent season. 
it's amazing to see the work that God is is doing in my life and in my lo- in my wife's life as we journey this, as we we contend uh, for and and just allow the Holy Spirit to transform us uh, more and more so into the likeness of Christ. And tonight, I just I want to delve uh, into the scriptures. I want to delve into this process that I've had to go through to um, to break down some some of these encounters that Jesus has with individuals that walked amongst him and see how he responded um, to their level of faith, to their level of trusting in him. But more importantly, you know, what can we learn from the people that, uh, that, that he encountered, the people that approached him, the people that desired, had needs, had, had problems, had issues, but the way in which they approached him brings revelation. So the revelations of these individuals allowed a lot of them to capture what it means to trust him and walk in a process of believing for breakthrough. Now tonight, I just, I sense, I know that there's people who are crying out for breakthrough. They're crying out for a breakthrough in their life. And things which are blocking us is, is, is this area of trusting, under an area of trusting in him, trusting in him that he can take the burden, he can take the responsibility because he's, he's worthy of it, he's capable of it, he can do it, he's willing. So let's kick off, let's kick off. Mark 2, and uh, I want us to go to verse, uh, from verse 1 to 12, and this amazing uh, encounter that uh, Jesus has with a, a group of guys who are passionate to, uh, to get a, a friend of theirs healed. So Jesus heals a paralyzed man, Mark 2. Verse 1 to 12. I'm reading this uh, from the NIV version. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. My first point tonight is trusting in God is not seeing through the eyes of the natural, but seeing through the supernatural. What did the four guys see and experience in that situation? You can imagine the rock here, Greg has uh, uh, just given this brand new vision 
We're all on board. We're on fire for God. And floods and floods of people are coming into this place, so much so that this place is completely packed out. Upstairs is full. Downstairs is full. We're even having to put screens outside because of the amount of people that we've got. And there are people literally just sort of climbing off the rafters just so that they can be part of the process. And you have these four guys that have got a friend who's in desperate need. And they're at the other end of the car park and they've got this paralysed man on a mat. And there's no way for an ambulance to get through. There's nothing to, to, to be able to. They've, just, they've got to make their way through. Now they had a choice. They had a choice in that situation. Either that they could, you know, oh well, maybe another day. Maybe Jesus will, will be back in Capernaum another day and we can, we can bring our friend um, there's, there's, the crowds are too huge, you know, like um, I don't want our friend to get more hurt if that's the process. No, they didn't see that as their situation. They didn't see that as their circumstance. What they experienced was a hunger, a thirst, an understanding of who Jesus was, that they were so compelled, they knew that he was the capable healer. They knew that he was, he was willing to do this. And so they, they chose whatever means, whatever means. So you can imagine somebody just trying to break through the ceiling here. I mean, there's probably a couple of, couple of rats and all sorts that would probably come down <laughs> in the process. But that's the determination that Christ is wanting for each and every one of us when we come towards him, in trusting him, in having him as our Lord and Savior, in saying, I trust you. I believe that you can do that and nothing is going to stop me. No circumstance, nothing is going to prevent me from getting to you and being intimate with you. The next point that I've got is trusting in God. It's not believing that God can. It is knowing that he will. What is his will? What is his will? In the previous chapter of Mark, in Mark 1, Jesus heals a leper. And states these words, I am willing. I am willing to do this. And these guys knew that. These guys who, who brought their friend on, on, the, uh, on the stretcher, they knew that. They knew that Jesus was able. They knew that he had relationship with God. They knew that he had authority. Because he had seen, they had seen with their own eyes and heard what he had done. And we can do exactly the same. We have his word we have the power of his word. We have opportunities aplenty in which we can experience intimacy with the Father where he tells us that he is willing. There is a faith that comes from hearing. And these guys had, had clearly heard. They clearly heard about who Jesus was. And hence the, the crowds would, would, would make their way in their plenty to this place to hear from him. They had heard. In Romans 10:17, it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. What were the four guys hearing? You can just imagine the, the joy of knowing that he was in town. The, the joy of, of knowing that, that this man who, in, 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 the, in the past, in, in Capernaum, had healed this leper. He'd, he'd gone to the synagogue. He'd teach. He'd... he'd He'd spoken, and then after that, he'd gone and he'd seen the sick, and he'd, he'd, he'd brought healing into their lives. You can imagine it. They had heard this. They had heard the testimonies of people and the joy of knowing that he was in town. 
It's this whole area and, and this whole element in their hearts of knowing here is a man that we can trust. Here is a man that we can rely on to have the healing of our friend. And the same experience is ready and waiting for us through his word. I don't know about you, just sort of going through the scriptures. I was just looking at Isaiah 61 today and having that just soak over me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the, for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. And here's this, here's the, here's the promise. Here's what he says, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And that is available for each of God's children. If we trust him, if we know his word, if we, we hunger for, for what he says about us, if we hunger for what he says that we're called to be, it's all available. It's all here. I want to take you now to uh, Matthew 16, verse 5 to 12, when Jesus discusses with his disciples about being wary of the yeast of the Pharisees. So turn with me, 16, 5 to 12. And I'll go there as well. Here we go. So the Pharisees have just demanded a sign from, uh, from Christ. And, uh, and Jesus has been uh, very, uh, very blunt with them and saying that a, a wicked uh, and, and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jodah. He then gets in the boat and uh, is with his, his disciples. We start at verse 5. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this amongst themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussions, Jesus said, and uh, this part is in the, uh, the uh, English um, uh, Cockney Bible, you plonkers, why are you talking amongst yourself about having no bread? No, sorry, it says you have little faith. <laughs> you can imagine it though, can't you? You know, some Christ is going, oh, you muppets, like, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is nothing to do about bread. It's nothing to do about this whole, this whole thing of not having enough bread in the boat. <laughs> do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? We just fed these 4,000. How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, Jesus, you're talking about this, not about the fact that we've only got one pack of vocals. 
<laughs> so what is it that you are hearing in your daily walk? What is it that you're listening to? Christ said, be wary. Be wary of the yeast of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Because it's an element that will determine the level of the trust that you have in Christ. Are we holding on to the religious spirit that Christ describes of the Pharisees? The Pharisee spirit, the Pharisaical spirit is the religious spirit. Where we adopt the law and are choosing neither to sit in chains because we feel completely unworthy or the complete opposite where we believe that we understand it all, that we've got it all down pat, that we can figure out God. Or maybe is it the political spirit, the, Sad, uh, the Sadducees spirit that says it's too hard to follow Christ, His way. So, do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to wash my hands and, and try not to think about what's, uh, what I'm being challenged with right now. Ooh, V V8 supercar magazine. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Mm. Or, or maybe, uh, maybe a spot of Shortland Street on uh, TV. Oh, yes. Fill me with your mindless rubbish. Oh, yes, it makes me feel so much easier than having to worry about what God is challenging me with. Oh, yes, I can sit in this. This is comfortable. This is nice. <laughs> I've been there, you know. I've been there. I admit to it. I admit that there's, there's, these things in, in, in life have consumed me because either they've been too difficult to understand, you pick up God's Word, and it doesn't quite click. It doesn't quite go in. And so we put it down for another day. But, you know, they, they've affected the way, these sorts of things can affect the way in which we trust God. And the only way I've been able to move on is to simply repent, get up, and go to Him. We've got to, got to just understand, however that, you know, I, I, may, I, may, sound, I may make it sound simple. And, and, and that process is simple. It's deep though. If when we, we really come to the, the revelation understanding of just walking away, choosing to, to push that stuff aside and say, do you know what, I do not need the pharisaical spirit in my life. I've been holding on to this so long. You know, as I say, being a Christian for, for 16 odd years, growing up in a Baptist background, and you do, you learn, you learn things that stick in your mind. You, you have things that, that, that cling on to you. It's like, uh, it's like old glue once two pieces of paper are stuck. And then when God wants to reveal something new and that paper gets teared, there are, there are chunks which are left. There are chunks which are left on the bit of the paper. And God's just wanting to, to come through. It's just a beautiful picture of him wanting to, to, to remove the, the old, remove the, get rid of the old glue, get rid of the old muck that has caused, caused uh, confusion, caused, uh, caused problems. And you see, it's rife in the church. It's rife here. You know, we've all got, we've all got our own uh, agendas. We've all got our own things that we've, we hold on to. And Christ is just so wanting us to say, let go. Let go. Will you trust me? Will you trust me in the way in which I want to build my church? And one of the things that's just so difficult for me as a young adult now uh, with, uh, with my dad uh, back home is I love, my, I love my dad to bits. It was a huge, huge influence in my life. But I thought when I came to New Zealand, New Zealand was the perfect opportunity for me to be free from my parents. Yes! Freedom. Right, excellent. I can, I can cook my, what, what I want to eat. I want to uh, live this way. I want to do those sorts of things. But my father was constantly building wisdom and, uh, and truth into, into my life. And, uh, and, and, and it annoyed me because he was always right. 
you know. You come into that situation where it's sort of like, oh, I want to go this way. But God, you know, but Dad would tell me, you know, to, to, to come this way. And, uh, and ultimately, he had, he had the best intentions. He had my best intentions at hand. And so New Zealand was about being able for me to break down that process again, you know, breaking down of the old. And Christ, God wants us to to do exactly the same. He wants, to, wants us to realize that he has our best intentions at hand, that he is daddy God who loves us, who wants the best. And so however difficult it is for us to, to think that we, you know, we, have, uh, we have someone who's, who's uh, an oversight or someone who's, who's telling us what to do, it's for the best intentions. It's for the best intentions. Is it the word of Christ that is feeding you? I truly believe that is why there is such importance on walking together in a community. I do not want to be in a position where I'm trying to do this journey of sanctification by myself. Because that's when I realize I'm hosed. That's when I realize I, I jump back into my old ways. I jump back into my old revelations or, or what, it is, what it was to, to be a Christian 10 years ago, let alone six months ago. I need to walk with you as my brothers and sisters to contend for the truth that Christ has laid out in his word for me. I wonder where the term I am willing sits with you in your walk right now. Do you know that Jesus is willing in your life, in your situation, in your circumstance? He's willing amongst your schoolmates. He's willing amongst your, your family, your work colleagues, to see transformation and acceptance of Christ in their lives. Listen, you know what? The thing is, I don't want us to leave here tonight thinking that there's no hope or that other options are, are much easier to go down. It's easier to follow friends that either want to head down, uh, head down to, to Courtney Place and get smashed or, you know, it's easier to fall into drugs, or it's easier not to be scrutinized for our faith, for our beliefs. But you know what? That's not what the world is looking for us in believers. They don't want to see hypocrites. They want to see people who have faith in a God that, br that brings light into their darkness, faith that emanates the love of Christ, where, there's reject where there is, uh, you know, where there is rejection, uh, sorry, that where there is rejection of faith that sees the supernatural as a regular daily occurrence in our lives. What I meant to say is when there is rejection, where there is rejection, faith, faith that sees a supernatural come as a, a regular part of our walk. We've got friends who need Christ, who need to know Christ in their lives. But if I choose the easy path, if I choose the easy way out, they're not getting the full picture. They're not getting the full picture of Christ. If I'm not choosing to trust God in, in, uh, in my finances, if I'm not choosing to trust God in, in my work situation, if I'm not choosing to trust God that he has my nation in his hands, then I'm not giving them the full picture that he is a trustworthy God who's capable of holding on to all of those things and having the best interests. A little point I want to 
finish from the story of the guys and the paralyzed man is Jesus healed through faith of perseverance and obedience to the response of the carriers. If you're looking for breakthrough in your own personal life tonight, what are the things that God is saying? What is he saying that you need to respond to in order to see the breakthrough? Maybe we struggle to believe and know that God can heal in an instant or transform our circumstances. Obtaining a revelation of trusting in the Father not only brings peace to those circumstances, but takes the burden from you and puts it in, in its rightful place, in his hands. Now, I want to make it clear, and this is my little disclaimer. Trust is not a passive response, but something which is very active. We get complacent, I think, as the church, in expecting God to do all of the work when we know there is something expected of us. What do you need to lay down tonight to see that breakthrough? I've got a picture which I want to show you. And uh, this is something which I've been praying for and wanting to see breakthrough in my life. That's not, uh, it's not Emma and I pregnant. Don't want to give you <laughs> that from James uh, Bichette. Thought it, was, uh, thought it was us to start off with. This is my brother and sister-in-law's baby. And this has been a process of 10 years of trusting in God, in his faithfulness, in his provision. And I want to tell you the uh, testimony which I gave a couple of months ago because I think it's just so poignant in what God was doing in my life to tell me to let go and to release. You see, we, we'd become so... Um, uh, so, yeah, so, so uh, I think the best way is, is bound in this situation where... We were not willing to, to tell people about, uh, about what was going on, even after the many uh, miscarriages that, that, that Kirsten experienced. And we got locked up in this situation where we, we, were, we weren't really trusting in God, where we weren't really having the faith and the belief that God could come through. And it got down to the last IVF treatment that Luke and Kirsten had. And, uh, and uh, it, the, the procedure went absolutely fine. And then I get an email from my dad probably about a, a week later and, um, and his, his, he was very downcast, very downcast because um, Emma, uh, sorry, not Emma, uh, Kirsten, had, uh, <laughs> Kirsten had experienced, um, experienced bleeding. And, you know, in our natural, in our natural eyes, we, we think that's it. We think that that's, that's the end of, of the process. Um, that's it. They're, they're, they're fixed on this now. And my dad was just so downcast. as why, why when we've been praying so hard, when we've been praying for this consistently, has, has, has prayer not worked? Does, pray, does prayer not work? And this was the same week in which we had um, the uh, week of healing uh, here at The Rock. And I was, uh, I was compelled to fast for, uh, for a, a solid day just to um, really petition to God for the things. And I'd read this email at the beginning of the day and, and it, just, it gave me a spurring to persist and to press in to Daddy God, to press into Him 
and say, look, my ways are not your ways. I don't understand what your plan is. I don't understand what your purpose is in this situation. But I'm trusting. I'm trusting that you have the best interests at heart for my brother and his sister and my sister-in-law. I'm trusting that you will make them parents in some shape or form, whatever that looks like. God, you just have your way. You have your way. And we went to sleep that night. I get an early morning call from my dad at about 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, son, your mother's got something to tell you. (laughs) Here she is. And she goes on the phone to me. My mum is just in a complete, um, you know, bouncing off the walls kind of excitement kind of mode because um, they found out that, uh, that Kirsten was pregnant. She was still pregnant despite all of the natural, despite all the natural conception of, of the way in which God works, the supernatural pers- persevered, the supernatural showed itself. And you know, the, the thing is, is that we can, we can be in that place right now where we're struggling to see breakthrough. God loves us so much. He loves us so much that he's not willing to not give us an answer for whatever circumstance we're going through. He's not willing to let us go out on a limb. He's there 100% of the time. And now, 14 weeks in, which is the furthest Kirsten has ever got, we're now trusting that I'm going to have a little niece or a little nephew come the end of July. This is ready and available for each and every one of us. And I just pray, I pray that the revelation of trusting in God, who is capable of doing all things, nothing is impossible for Him, sits within here, that you may take it, that you may grow it, that you may develop it, and you may take it out to that world and reveal the Father that you and I love and walk with daily. I'm just going to get the team back up. And uh, before we go back in to this song, I wanted to, God put a a psalm on my heart and uh, I think it's for a lot of people here tonight who are unsure of where their relationship lies with Christ. You could be like me and have been a Christian for over 16 years but you can still be in a position of not knowing him. You can still be in a position of of not understanding. And I love having a great little chat with Deb beforehand because it is, it's like a little process of being told off. (laughs) And we're being told when to stop and when to go and when to sit and when to listen. Do you trust me? Do you trust me, Si, that this is the right process for you in order for me to transform you into the bride and uh, it's not easy, but it's the most fruitful thing that you will ever experience. I want to read to you from Psalm 139. Let's just get you all to stand as well, please.
Father, I thank you that you are trustworthy. I thank you for your love that is poured out on us daily. I thank you that whatever we're going through in this very moment right now, Lord, that you are capable. You are willing, it says in your word, to bring transformation. You're willing to turn that situation upside down. If we come and if we submit ourselves to you and recognize that you are Lord, that you are Savior, you are King. Lord, tonight we recognize that it takes a humble heart to trust you. It takes faith beyond our recognition. But Lord, when we have our eyes fixed on the prize, which is you and our inheritance with you, the picture, the circumstance becomes so much smaller. I pray tonight, Lord, that a seed of trust, Lord, if it has been lost through circumstance of, of people letting us down in the past, Lord, I break that off. I break off the old, Lord, and I bring new into this place that we know and we know because we know because we know that we can trust you because we had a revelation of who you are. Just as those four guys who took their paralyzed friend, Jesus said, because of the faith of those four men, I forgive your sins, brother. We can trust you, God. And when we trust you, we see transformation of the supernatural come into our natural world.